Welcome to the Faith Lakeside Podcast. Each week you'll hear another great message that will help you know God and make Him known in your life. Join us each Sunday at 1045 a.m. and throughout the week in small groups to make the most of your learning experiences. Now, sit back, relax with a great cup of coffee and a notebook and enjoy this week's message. Sunday every week together to know God and to make him known. We want to know and be in closer relationship with the God of creation. And then once we ourselves are closer to him to go out and declare him to the world around us. And we continue to do that by the ministries that we do, the trips we go on, the trees that we cut. The reason we really wanted to get those trees done is because our neighbor, those trees fell across her fence. They were actually her trees on our property but we wanted to make sure it got cleaned up so we could get her fence back up so her dogs could come out and run around. And, and everything is about knowing God and making him known. We had an opportunity to connect with her yesterday, and hopefully that can result in some fruitfulness in our relationship with her and her relationship with God. So that's what we're here for, and we're going to continue to do that as we know God better by understanding him and how he wants to communicate to us in his word. So if you have your Bibles, please open them up to the letter of Paul to the church in Colossae, the book of Colossians. And we are going to be looking at chapter 4, verses 7, 8, and 9. That's right, three whole verses today. Uh, we're <laughs> we're going to really uh, go through. But of course, you know, this whole letter has taken us from, from understanding that, that there is the kingdom of Jesus Christ, who is our king, that we can become citizens through faith in him and experience new life in the kingdom. Though we will suffer from time to time, we also have the treasure of Christ, who is all we need and helps us to rightly focus our living so that we can put off those things that are not of Christ and put on the character traits that are of Christ Jesus so that both at home and in the world abroad, we will represent our Christ, our King, well. And today we're going to look at chapter 4, verses 7 through 9 here in Colossians. And sometimes it's just hard to come up with a sermon title or, you know, a, a summary statement. And so here it is, uh, two guys who are just like you that you can trust. And we're going to look at this, these three verses. They're literally just about two guys that the Apostle Paul has sent to the church in Colossae uh, that, that are just like them in many ways that he says that they can trust. And so let's, let's read chapter 4, verses 7 through 9, and see what God's Word has to say to us today. So here we go. Tychicus, our dearly loved brother, faithful minister, and fellow servant in the Lord, will tell you all the news about me. I have sent him to you for this very purpose, so that you may know how we are, and so that he may encourage your hearts. He is coming with Onesimus, a faithful and dearly loved brother, who is one of you. They will tell you about everything here. So here we have just these two guys that, that Paul is, as he begin, can, or starts to wrap up this letter, and, and he's getting to the, the, he already finished out the final ideas about how we're supposed to live in the world, and now he's concluding with some, some greetings from some fellow believers. And he starts with this one person here in chapter 4, verse 7, Tychicus. Now, uh, in your Bible, how many of you guys are really familiar with Tychicus? He's one of the heroes of the faith, right? Tychicus? Come on, you, you know Tychicus, right? Uh, maybe you know him by different pronunciations, like Tychicus. Anybody? Tychicus instead, right? 
You, come on, everybody. You know Tychicus, Tychicus, right? Right. Thomas, would you come up here and tell us about Tychicus? You were the only one shaking your head. Yes. You, is it on a slide? Maybe. So here we go. Let's, let's look at this guy. So we've got Tychicus, our dearly loved brother, faithful minister, and fellow servant in the Lord will tell you all the news about me. So this, this first gentleman that we're looking at, this first person who is like us that we can trust, his name is Tychicus. And so where do we, we see Tychicus? Paul seems to think very highly, very highly of him, calling him a, a dearly loved brother, a faithful minister, a fellow servant in the Lord. So do we see him anywhere else in Scripture? And the truth is, is that we do. In Acts chapter 20, we, we see Tychicus for the first time. Now, Acts is the story of the, the first couple decades of the church and how the church expanded out from Jerusalem all the way into Rome and, and, and other parts of the Roman Empire. And Paul was the, the driving factor uh, for, for a lot of the church's growth in the book of Acts from about chapter 13 on. And so in, in Acts chapter 20, it records one of his journeys, and he's actually, he's been on a couple of different what we call missionary journeys, spent a number of years in the church of Ephesus, which is just south of Colossae, and he was getting ready to return to Jerusalem to fulfill some vows and also to take uh, offering from other believers in, in the churches of, of Greece and Asia Minor back to Jerusalem because the Jerusalem Christians were suffering deep persecution by the Jewish people. And so Paul, on his way from Ephesus back to Jerusalem, he was accompanied by Sopater, son of Pyrrhus from Berea, and we all know about him, uh, Aristarchus and Secundus from Thessalonica, and, and of course we're, we're very familiar with, with their role in early Christendom, uh, Gaius from Derby. Timothy, now you might be familiar with Timothy, if you've read much of your Bible, you know that there are two letters that Paul wrote to him near the end of your Bible. So Timothy and Tychicus and Trophimus from the province of Asia. And so this is the first time that we see Tychicus, and he is leaving from Ephesus with the Apostle Paul, going to Jerusalem to, to take the offering, and uh, he's just part of this this group of guys that's going back to Jerusalem. Now, it, it's interesting to note that Timothy and Tychicus and Trophimus, they were all from the province of Asia. Now, when we think of Asia, oftentimes we will likely think of like China or Japan or uh, something of that nature, but, but you must understand that Asia is Turkey, right? All the way down on, on, on the, the coast of the Mediterranean, that is Asia Minor. Uh, you know, Russia is Asia, and so we shouldn't put someone into an ethnic um, category, but understand this is the region they're from. And so the, Tychicus was probably from the, the area of Ephesus and, and Laodicea and Colossae and Hierapolis. He was familiar with the area that this letter of Colossians was ultimately sent to. So this is the first time we see Tychicus. He's a traveling partner of the Apostle Paul. Ends up, he does some amazing journeying with Paul. He goes from Ephesus to Jerusalem with Paul. And then in Jerusalem, Paul is arrested and begins this process of heading toward the capital of the Roman Empire, Rome, in order to have audience with the emperor 
to judge his case. And uh, so that, that journey and that process of being judged by the emperor actually took a number of years. And Tychicus and a few others of these men traveled with Paul the whole time. Interesting to note, when someone was in prison or in captivity in the first century in the Roman Empire, it was not like being imprisoned here. There weren't three square meals a day and a little you know, TV and, and a toilet in your room and stuff. No, you were under the care of a keeper, but for you to eat, for you to be receiving anything other than just subsistence uh, uh, food, you had to have someone outside of the prison that was bringing things to you. You had to have someone that was not in captivity that was caring for you, paying for things, even going so far as to provide the bare necessities of life. And that is something that Tychicus and others who traveled with Paul would have done, that they would have been on the same boats with him as he was transported in chains from Jerusalem to the other places that Acts records. They would have uh, probably been on the same shipwreck that Paul was on that Acts tells us about, that he was shipwrecked on his journey to Rome, and Tychicus was probably right along there with him. That when he finally gets to Rome, Tychicus is probably amongst the group of men who helps Paul find some place to live in captivity under house arrest, and then goes about and communicates with other believers in the area and helps to provide for the Apostle Paul's need. So Tychicus, by the, by the time we get to the writing of the book of Colossians, he is a really important member of the Apostle Paul's team. He is, is maybe not critical, he's maybe not noteworthy in the sense of, oh yes, we all remember Tychicus, but he is an important person in the, the, the move of the Spirit to build the church and spread the good news of Jesus Christ. Not a prominent member, but critical nonetheless as far as the team is concerned. And so Ephesians chapter 6, verse 21, uh, another letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to a, a church that was close in proximity to the church in Colossae, he writes this, Tychicus, our dearly loved brother and faithful servant in the Lord, will tell you all the news about me so that you may be informed. So Paul trusted Tychicus to, to give updates, to tell the, the churches exactly what was going on. In 2 Timothy 4.12, Paul writes this to Tychicus. We, we think that Timothy was serving as pastor in Ephesus. And by the end of the letter, Paul tells Timothy, I'm sending Tychicus to Ephesus. Potentially, his story kind of thinks to serve as an interim pastor so that Timothy could go and visit Paul in Rome. In Titus chapter 3, verse 12, it says this, When I send Artemis or Tychicus to you, make every effort to come to me in Nicopolis because I have decided to spend the winter there. That Paul had sent, he wasn't quite sure who it would be, either Artemis or Tychicus, but when they arrived, that Titus was supposed to come to another city and either Artemis or Tychicus was going to serve as interim pastor of the church in Crete where Titus was pastor. And so Tychicus, by the time we really dig through Scripture and we understand who he is, when we read this here at the end of the letter to the Colossian church, we're kind of like, yeah, Tychicus, whatever. That would be a terrible name to name your child. People would pick on him. And what are you going to call him, like Titch or Kickus or, I, you know, what? Uh, you know, so, so we, we kind of gloss over this. But then when we see what the Bible records about somebody 
like this, Tychicus, somebody whose name we would struggle to pronounce and we try and, and get over as quickly as possible so we can say we finished reading the letter of Paul to the church in Colossae. We, we, when we dig in, we understand he's, he's somebody significant in God's hands. Somebody significant in the plans of, of growing the church and making a difference. And so Tychicus, just to boil it down, he's an Asian believer. He was a trusted companion and messenger for the apostle Paul. And he may have actually been an interim pastor, a fill-in pastor in both Ephesus and or Crete. And so Tychicus, this guy that we're going to just breeze over and, and not really read much about and not really care about so that we can say we finished the letter, actually turns out to be somebody who, though he's nobody, is somebody important to the life of the church. He's not prominent. None of us have, the, I don't think there is a St. Tychicus church anywhere here in Pittsburgh. And if there were going to be a St. Tychicus church, it'd be somewhere around here, I'm sure of it. You know, there's, there's, there's not a, a statue of Tychicus anywhere. There, there, there's no, no, none of us, you know, name our kids after Tychicus. We name Paul, James, John, Peter. Yes, Tychicus? No. There's, I don't know that there's ever been a Pope Tychicus. But, but Tychicus, it's fun to say his name over and over again, isn't it? Tychicus, he is, he is critical to the life of the church. He is a nobody who is somebody because he turned his life over to God through Christ Jesus. And so let's look a little bit about, more about how he is described because these aren't just empty words. These aren't just fluffy words of, yeah, Tychicus, he's a really good guy. He did well on his SATs, graduated summa cum laude. You know, he's had a really good job his whole life. No, th this is not just nothing these are meaningful words for the church. And so when Paul writes this about Tychicus, we should dig in and try and understand what is it that makes this nobody somebody? What is it about this, this guy that we've barely even heard of and whose name we barely can pronounce and we want to get over as quick as we can? What is it that makes him somebody? And Paul says this, he is our dearly loved brother. He is a faithful minister and a fellow servant in the Lord. And so when we look at these words, we start to tear them apart. When he talks about Tychicus being a brother, we must understand that, that we in Christ, brothers and sisters, we are equal. And we have this deep and abiding relationship to one another and to Christ and to the church. And so when we call someone brother or sister, it should not just be because we've forgotten their name. That was supposed to be funny, but it didn't come off funny. It's not just supposed to be because we've forgotten their name, but because we genuinely understand the relationship we have with one another. We are equal together in Christ. Look, the, the only reason I think it's okay to stand on a platform is not because I'm better than you or higher than you or more spiritual than you, but it's so you can see me. And sometimes I don't even know that you should be able to see me. Focus on the words on the screen. Because when we're talking about equality in the church, we're talking about where we all stand in Christ, that, that, that everybody is equal. We're, we're all on the same plane. We're learning and we're growing together. Now, some of us have been given roles and responsibilities that, that are different, and, and we fill different needs for the church, but, but we are equal in Christ. And so when we look at Tychicus, we should understand brother this beloved brother, that there is an equality in Christ that, that comes from nowhere else. 
except being adopted into the family of God through Christ Jesus. And, and so when we look at ourselves, we should see Tychicus, someone who's just like us. Someone who is a sinner saved by grace. Remember earlier in Colossians, Paul said that, that there's, no, there's no Jew or Gentile, no slave or free, no Scythian or barbarian, that, that everyone is one in Christ Jesus. And that is what it means to be brothers and sisters. And then it says he's a, a minister. He's a faithful minister. And, and so what does that mean? A lot of us think of minister and we read that word and maybe we're thinking, oh, so he does have like a special job in the church. No. The word minister there is actually servant. He is a trustworthy servant. That's what faithful means. Able to be trusted with any job that comes across his plate. That he's willing to do whatever it takes to serve the church. The word servant there, it's the same word that we get the word deacon from. And so when we think about a, a deacon, a deacon is just a, a really good servant. And, and that's what Tychicus is, and that's what all of us can be if we will choose to be trustworthy like Tychicus. Tychicus is a brother, he's a minister, but then it also says he is a servant. Now, this word in the original language, it, it, uh, it's one that we, we started changing the way we translated it in, in about the 1800s. And, and it literally means slave or a bond slave, someone who is owned by another. Now, why would we change it to servant in our modern translations? Because we don't like the idea of slavery, do we? And, and, and for good reason, we can look at the, uh, the history of the United States, the history in the world. There are actually, as we've mentioned previously, more slaves today numerically than there have been at any time throughout human history, that, that we, we, we kind of recoil at the thought of slavery. And so we've, we've softened the translation to servant, because that sounds nicer, right? Because a servant, they can be like, well, I quit, right? Slaves, they don't get to quit. Slaves belong to their master. And really, when we're talking in Scripture, when we see this, this word servant, a, a lot of times it is slave, and it is a call to all of us as Christians to be slaves to King Jesus. To sell ourselves to him completely. And that's what Tychicus has done. He is a bond slave. And a bond slave is one who, by choice, gives themselves over into possession of someone else. And so Tychicus is a fellow servant in the Lord. And we see that, that this is talking about his relationship to Christ. Tychicus has a beautiful relationship with the church. He has a role in the church of serving everyone he comes to. And he especially has what is most critical, a deep and abiding relationship with Jesus Christ. And not just, Jesus is my Savior, someday I'll go to heaven, pie in the sky, by and by, gold streets, it's all good. But rather, he understands here and now, in this moment, Jesus is his master. And that is what we as all of us as, as Christians are called to, is an understanding of Jesus, not just as a savior out there, but the master who abides with us now and desires to be in relationship with us today. And so these three things about Tychicus are what makes him who he is. 
He has a deep relationship with the church. He has a, a servant's heart and a role in the church of giving himself to others. And then above all, he is a slave to Christ Jesus. And so why can God use someone like Tychicus? Why is Tychicus not just a side bit player, but instead a critical part in the kingdom of God because he was willing to serve his Lord Jesus and the church in whatever manner was needed. Whatever it took, Tychicus was willing to take it up and to do it because he was sold out to Jesus, because he loved the church, because he, he knew his work, his hands, his service was necessary. Tychicus becomes a, a somebody instead of just a nobody. He becomes a critical component to the life of the church. Not only is he this, this amazing brother who is a, a faithful minister and a fellow servant, but he was sent by Paul for this very purpose, so that you may know how we are and so that he may encourage your hearts. Tychicus was given this exciting job because of who he was in Christ, because of his faithfulness, because of his love for the church and his trustworthy nature and his willingness to serve. The Apostle Paul took a precious letter inspired by the Holy Spirit that the, the things that would change and revolutionize the life of the Colossian believers if they would just receive it and live it out. Paul trusted Tychicus so much that he sent this letter in Tychicus's hands. He sends him so that, that he can give them the letter, so that, that the, he can update everybody on, on, on what's going on in Paul's life, and, and mostly so that he can encourage their hearts. Now what's amazing is that the letter carrier, his job was not just like a postman. You know, the, 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 the postman today, he just brings it or she brings your, your mail. They stick it in the box. Sometimes they close the mailbox. Uh, other times they just leave it open and drive off quickly. Um, you know, that, that their, their whole job is just get it onto your property somewhere, it feels like. And they, they are done. But the letter carrier here in, in the Apostle Paul's day, when, when a letter carrier was sent from an individual to someone else to, to share that letter, they didn't just walk in the room and say, here's the letter, see you guys later, I'm out. It was actually their job to go ahead and, and read the letter, to stand up and, and in the congregation, in the fellowship, to do the work of the business and, and read the letter. And then after having read the letter, it was their job to explain and clarify anything that the congregation found difficult. Well, wait, wait, wait. What did Paul mean when he said, well, let me tell you? And that was Tychicus' job to take and, and because he had been with Paul, because he had spent time with him, to answer questions regarding what was written and then to answer questions about what was going on in Paul's life. So how is Paul this week? I mean, did he eat okay? Do we need to send a little bit more money? Does he need a new quilt? The ladies have been working on quilts. We can send a new quilt to Paul. Uh, you know, th that's the kind of stuff. He got to explain what was going on in the Apostle Paul's life and then encourage the church. And so what we see in, One uh, excuse me, in Tychicus is a man who was nobody. But because he trusted Christ, because he sold himself out as a slave to the king, because he loved the church, he becomes somebody in the economy of God's word. And God uses him in 
just amazing ways. Now, I, I hope you can, you can feel uh, uh, some excitement in this when you look at yourself. I, nobody's going to be building statues of any of us anytime soon. There will not be a church named after us. We're not going to have like, you know, a college named. I mean, just, we're just us, right? <laughs> I mean, who are we? But, but just, you know, some folk who gather together. But if God can use Tychicus, nobody. Who's Tychicus? Nobody. If God can use Tychicus, he can use all of us. What are the key ingredients to being used by the hand of God to be sold out to your Savior? To be a slave to Christ Jesus, to be in love with his church, to be in love with the people he's called you to be with and be around, and, and not just tolerate. I mean, when we are together and we just tolerate one another and we put up with one another, that's okay. It's a good first step, but it's not loving. And, 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 and Tychicus, he's a, he's a beloved brother. This is, this is who we are supposed to be to one another beloved brothers and sisters. That means we got to get involved, we got to be together, and we can be used. And then a willingness to do whatever was necessary to serve this church that he loved. He, he, he accompanied the apostle Paul through thick and thin. He carried letters. He took gifts back and forth. He carried messages. Whatever he could do to serve the beautiful bride of Christ, he did it. And so we, we've got Tychicus, somebody who is just like you. Not any more important, not any less important, and yet used by Christ because of what he allowed God to do through him. Tychicus. Now, now we've got the next guy in verse 9. And, and, and this one's maybe even more exciting. Verse 9. He, Tychicus, is coming with Onesimus a faithful and dearly loved brother who is one of you. They will tell you about everything here. So this second person, the second faithful brother, and, and what's, what's, uh, what's great is we see this, this faithfulness. Uh, when we look at this word in, in the Greek, faithful, I highlighted it in, in both Tychicus and Onesimus here. And faithful, what does it mean? Trustworthy. Trustworthy. Now why is it so important to be trustworthy? Because don't we all need trustworthy people in our lives? Don't we need faithful friends and brothers and sisters? People who when they say they will, they do. And when they say they won't, they never shall. We need faithfulness. We need people who are trustworthy. And Paul is saying, Tychicus and Onesimus, these two guys, you can trust them. You can know that they are what they say they are, and they will do what they say they'll do. And so we, we end up with Onesimus here. Now, how many of you guys are familiar with Onesimus? Some of you maybe would be more so than Tychicus. Tychicus kind of hides in the background. Did you know there is a letter in the Bible, one of the books of the Bible? It's not named after him, but it's all about him. Did you know that? Onesimus, there is a letter, a book of the Bible that is all about Onesimus. If you were to open up and you can see, it is the book of Philemon. So <clears throat> why is it called Philemon if it's about Onesimus? Because the letter is addressed to Philemon. And who is Philemon? Well, Philemon is a believer in the Colossian church. 
and Onesimus is in a unique relationship with Philemon. So as we dig into the history here, as we look at this, we see that Onesimus was actually a runaway slave who belonged to Philemon, who lived in Colossae. And, and now we talked, it's been a few weeks ago, talking about the, the, the passages about slavery, but what does a runaway slave deserve at this time in history? Death. Yeah, they, 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 could, they could be branded, run away, they, they, but, but many of them were put to death for, for running away from their master. And so we look at Onesimus and we look at, at what he rightly deserves for who he is and what he's done, and he is a runaway slave, and he deserves death. And yet, by the grace of God, by the providence of God, he makes it to Rome and he meets the Apostle Paul in Rome, and Paul leads him to salvation. I mean, that's one of those small world things, isn't it? It's like only by the hand of God. Only, only God can do something like this, to take a runaway slave from a, a kind of out-of-the-way city, from a, a master who is a believer, and he, he runs away to Rome, and then he gets saved. Isn't that amazing that God would take and, and orchestrate all of this and that a slave who deserves death can be brought to a life of redemption? Sounds a little bit like a couple of people that I know in this room, slaves to sin who deserve the death of hell and yet God redeemed us. And so we have Onesimus and, and what happens is in a letter that probably got sent back to Colossae at the same time as the letter to the church in Colossae, Philemon receives a letter, and Paul sends Onesimus back to his master with the intent of reconciling. And so that brings us to just a couple of peeks into the letter that Paul writes to Philemon. In Philemon 10 through 12, and that's not chapter 10 through chapter 12, that's verse 10 through verse 12. Philemon, the whole letter, only has 18 verses. So it's a real short little letter, but it teaches us some amazing things. Here's what Paul writes. He says, I, Paul, appeal to you for my son Onesimus. So this is a letter to the slave owner Philemon, and Onesimus is his runaway slave. And Paul is writing, saying, I, I'm appealing to you on behalf of Onesimus. I became his father while I was in chains. And you go, what? The Apostle Paul, when speaking of others that he has led to Christ, speaks of them as his children in the faith. He calls Timothy his dearly loved son. And so when we see that Onesimus is called the son because Paul says he's his father, it is we understand Paul himself led Onesimus to Jesus during his captivity in Rome. And he says this, once he was useless to you. And, and we would all agree that a runaway slave is fairly useless. There's not much you can get out of a runaway slave. And, and to, to kill him is to render him completely useless. Once he was useless to you, but now he is useful both to you and to me. Now, 
Onesimus has a place in our lives where he can be used by God. What's really funny is uh, this is actually a little bit of a play on words. Uh, in, in the original language, Onesimus, his name, it means useful. Except he was not useful as a runaway slave, and yet God has now redeemed him and made him what he was always meant to be, useful in the kingdom of God, useful in the life of the church, useful to those around him. And so Paul does this, I am sending him back to you. I am sending my very own heart. When Onesimus gets sent back, it is with the hope of reconciliation with Philemon. It's interesting to, to note that it would have been much easier for Paul to just send Onesimus somewhere else, wouldn't it? To, to just go hide him, to keep him from ever facing any consequences for his choices. But what does Paul do? He really lets Onesimus know, you need to repent you need to make things right. You need to reconcile. And so he sends him back to Philemon. And, and Paul goes on a little bit later in the letter and says, for, for perhaps this is why he was separated from you for a brief time, so that you might get him back permanently, no longer as a slave, but more than a slave, as a dearly loved brother. Paul begins to leverage Philemon and say, hey, now in Christ Onesimus is your equal. And it is so important that you forgive him and receive him back. Throughout the course of the, the letter, it, it really feels like Paul is kind of leaning on Philemon and saying you need to grant Onesimus his freedom. You need to, to give him the ability to serve Christ with all that he is. Because he is now free in Christ and should be free indeed. And that's what Paul goes on to say here is he is especially so to me. He is especially a dearly loved brother, an equal and then he says, both, uh, but, 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 now, but how much more to you, both in the flesh and in the Lord? Oh, Philemon, I want you to understand this man, Onesimus, who was a runaway slave, is now useful to you again. He has returned to you, not as just a slave, but as a brother in Christ. You're equal. Do the right thing, is what Paul is essentially saying to Philemon. And so, now that we know who Onesimus is, we look at what Paul says about him in his letter to the church. He is coming with Onesimus, a faithful and dearly loved brother, a trustworthy and dearly loved equal in Christ. Who is one of you? He's just like you. He's from you. You know him. He is just like you. And so when we talk about somebody that God is using, oftentimes we look and we go, yeah, but he could never use somebody like me. He could never, you know, use somebody like me to make a difference in the kingdom of God that I'm not good enough, I'm a slave to this, or I'm captive to that. And Paul, through the, the, the lesson of Onesimus, is helping us all to know Onesimus, this runaway slave who got saved and became useful, he's just like you. He's of the same place, the same stock, the same background. And if God can redeem Onesimus, he can redeem any slave. If God can save and use Onesimus, he can save and use anyone. And Onesimus wasn't just trusted with the, 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 the carrying the letter alongside Tychicus. Paul actually says, they. Now, who is they? Tychicus, the guy who's been traveling with Paul for quite some time, 
and Onesimus, the runaway slave that's gotten saved just, just recently. But both of them are sent as messengers to share the gospel, to share the good news, to update everybody on Paul's circumstances. And so Onesimus, the runaway slave, the guy who was useless, now saved by the redeeming work of Christ. And that's where it starts. You want to be used by God. You want your life to have purpose and meaning. You want to be as important as Tychicus and Onesimus, the men that no one has heard of and yet everyone should want to be like. You want to be used by God. It starts with trusting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You want your life to have more purpose and meaning. It starts with making yourself a slave to Jesus. You want to find freedom from sin and the captivities of this world? It starts with turning yourself over to the king and allowing him to rule your life. And, and hopefully I don't have to go through it too much, but you, you all remember we, are, we were created by God to, to be in relationship with him, to walk with him. We were given responsibilities in, in the Garden of Eden, and yet in Adam and Eve and all of us, we went our own way. We rebelled against God. We rejected his standards and his truths, and in so doing, we earned for ourselves judgment and God's wrath, but God loved us so much that he sent Jesus, his only son, fully God and fully man who lived a perfect and sinless life and died on the cross to pay the price, to, to take the judgment for you, to absorb the wrath of the Father on your behalf. And it's true because he rose again. On the third day, we know everything he did is true and everything he taught is right and that faith in him makes a difference because he is the only one ever who has risen again <coughs> to eternal life to prove that he is the Son of God. And so all of us must make a choice. And hopefully your choice would be one like Onesimus, to be saved by the work of Christ on the cross. Onesimus not only trusted Jesus, but he became a deep and abiding member of the family of God, a dearly beloved brother. Ah, thank you. It was actually a cough, but I'll take a blessing anytime. <laughs> he, was, he, he became a member of the family. And, and that's realizing who you are in Christ Jesus. You're a slave of the master. You're a child of God, but you're also a brother or sister who belongs in a fellowship. I have six other siblings. And we haven't all been together in years. And that's a sad thing. That, that when we do, the few of us who get together, it's, it's one or two of us at a time, and we miss everybody else. Church is a lot like a, a weekly family reunion. Yeah, we got a couple crazy uncles, I know, but we miss you when you're not here. You're part of the family, you're brothers and sisters. Be like Onesimus and understand who we are in Christ. Onesimus was now redeemed from being useless to useful. We are Onesimus. We were slaves to sin, but in Christ Jesus, we were set free and became slaves of a master who is loving and gracious. And we were moved from being a place of useless to God and one another to useful in the church, in our families, at work. We are 
useful because of God's work in us. We, we, uh, Onesimus now was seeking really reconciliation with his human master. We talked about the human master earlier in Colossians. And Onesimus now, who was a runaway slave, a nobody, a, a, a person destined for death and obscurity, was now sharing in the responsibility of speaking for the Apostle Paul. If God can take a Tychicus, if God can take an Onesimus, a nobody, or a slave and use them, he can do that with all of us. And what's the secret sauce? What's the way that, that brings us to a place where God can, can do great things in and through us, where maybe we won't get a statue, maybe we won't get a saint, whatever, but we will be meaningful and useful and somebody in the kingdom of God and in the work of the kingdom First and foremost, what we must do is choose to submit to our King Jesus and, and, and see ourselves not as a slave to our job or our debt or our kids or our hopes and dreams, but instead understand that we are slaves of a gracious and loving God who provides and gives and ordains and establishes and when we understand that, then our whole life's purpose changes in focus from accomplishing things to living for his glory and the good that he has for us. And Tychicus and Onesimus, both of them, they had ceased being slaves to sin and their own desires and become slaves for Jesus Christ. Second, they were both willing to serve the kingdom in whatever way they could. They both were willing to step into the usefulness that their salvation brought and to be servants in every way that was, that was possible for them. And, and this is not a recruitment uh, sermon for the, the nursery, believe it or not. This is instead for you to understand you are useful. You can do. You can influence the kingdom. You can spread the good news of the gospel if you're willing to make yourself or... or, or live in your slavery to Jesus and be a servant wherever you are and in whatever fashion for the sake of the kingdom that you can. Do you know that there are people who need trustworthy influences and friends that don't just attend church here, but they're all over the place? There are cashiers who need kindness. There are, there are fellow workers where you're at. That, that need someone to be trustworthy and responsible alongside them. That, that there are kids who need loving parents that really understand you can serve in so many ways as well as serve in the nursery and teach Sunday school and help clean the bathroom when it's time. But service should be something that we're always about, not just once in a while. Students, I'm so proud of you for going to North Carolina and sweating and doing some work for a week. I hope that you understand that that was a good start to the Christian life. All of us who've been on mission trips and we've gone and served, those of you who came and helped with the trees yesterday, hallelujah, now figure out what it looks like to serve in the kingdom of God every day. What would your life look like if you had an attitude of slavery to Jesus and servanthood towards others? What would your life look like? What needs to change so that you're a, you're a Tychicus and you're an Onesimus here in your own body that you attend regularly? Finally, what we see out of both of these is that they celebrated their citizenship, citizenship in the kingdom of God. They, they rejoiced in the fact that they were brothers in, the, in Christ. They, 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 they owned their relationship with the church. They held on to it. It was significant to them. 
the church is not just a place where we come to feel better, but it should be a place where we belong, where we have relationships, where we are brothers and sisters. And, and I know that's hard. Look, I, I know it's hard to, to love people who aren't just like us. I, I, the, to, to care for people who we were like, they're weird. And, and don't anybody look around the room, but you know there are people here you think are weird. No matter, even if you're the weird one, you still think there are weird people here. <laughs> and I know I'm the weird one. But, but look, it, it doesn't, nowhere in Scripture does it say that belonging to the kingdom is easy. Nowhere in Scripture does it say being brothers and sisters is simple. Nowhere in Scripture does it say, in fact, it's, it's always about sacrifice. It's always about giving of ourselves. It's always about tolerating one another's idiosyncrasies and quirks. And loving one another just the same. And Tychicus loved the church. And, and how do we know that? Because he would get in a creaky old boat and sail for days and weeks and even months in order to bring a handwritten letter to a group of people he had never met in his life. And some of you are like, well, that would be so much easier than coming to church regularly. Maybe. Let's see. I'm going to write a letter. We'll see if you'll get in a creaky old boat and take it somewhere. But you get the picture? Tychicus loves the church, and it matters to him. And how much does he love the church? He's willing to risk his life so that they can get a letter from the Apostle Paul. Onesimus loves the church. What? Whoa. How, how do we know he loves the church? He understands who he is in Christ, that he is a brother. He is willing to go to the man to whom he owes his life and try and make things right. He's willing to go to Philemon, his brother in Christ, and say... You could kill me now, and I would deserve it, but I'd like to make things right and be reconciled to you. I confess to you my sin against you. Man, both of these guys, faithful, trustworthy, two men just like us that we can trust. And, and two men just like us that can be an example for us. Two guys you probably hadn't really thought about much before today and may never really think of again, who if you follow their lead, you, like they, can be used mightily in the kingdom of God. And so this morning, the challenge for you, the challenge for me, for all of us, is to begin by doing what first? Well, submit yourself to King Jesus. If today you think you're in charge of your own life, you need to make a different choice. And to take God's word and to take God's promises and say, Jesus and what he has spoken clearly to us in his word, this will be my standard. Nothing else. And once he is your king, once he is your master, then to begin to serve in whatever way you can where he has placed you. At work, at home, in the grocery store, and here in the body. And then celebrate your citizenship. We're going to have some opportunities you know, next week to, to serve together, you want to get to know other people, work with them. Come, come set up BBS with us. Or in two weeks, even if you're scared to death of the slip and slide, you don't have to go down it. Come and have lunch for the BBS picnic. Spend time. Get to talk to somebody you have never talked to. What's, what's amazing is I know for a fact that there are people in this room that are strangers to one another. And there aren't really that many people here today. And, and, and that's not a dig on any of us, but it's to say, look how lightly we take 
our brothers and sisters in Christ and that we remain strangers to one another. Even when statistically there are few enough people here today, we could all know each other's names. If you will dive in, if you will submit and serve and love like Tychicus and Onesimus, you too will be used by God and move from useless to useful in his kingdom. Let's close with a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for your love for us and that you gave your son Jesus for us, that you saved us from our sin, that you renewed us and gave us a, a hope. We thank you that as we submit ourselves to you, you are faithful to, to provide all that we need. And so as we, your slaves, come to you this morning, we pray that you would convict our hearts and help us to become servants to one another, servants to the world around us, useful in your hands, but also to celebrate what we have right here this morning, to celebrate the brothers and sisters around us and what we're already part of, that we have a family through you, Lord Jesus. We are adopted sons and daughters of the Most High God who now are brothers and sisters together. Help us to appreciate what we have, to celebrate this church, to be reconciled to one another, to find peace and joy and happiness together. Father, use us as we submit to you and celebrate one another. May we be more like these two guys who are like us and completely trustworthy. May we be useful in your hands. May we be faithful to those who need us. May we joyfully share the good news of your kingdom everywhere we go. In your name we pray, Lord Jesus.